That's definitely going to be our intro line. Welcome to another Public Static. It's Ian again. And I'm Dan here. We finally got two microphones. So, so now me and Dan each have our own. Recording very comfortably at our desks. So, was it on the first podcast? Yeah, that was the first podcast. On the first podcast, we talked about the Mac rumors, the alleged touch bar, and all the fun stuff that would come with it. Yeah. And the event the event was a couple days ago, and it's all true. Touch it bar is. and everything. It's all and there. And they got rid of all the I.O. on yeah. the fucking thing, so... We got four USB-C ports, which is yeah. which useless. Nope. Nope. Which nobody asked for. <laughs> no one oh wanted Oh, my them. God. Their whole thing is based around, like, the user experience. And now it's, like, they have to go, like, outside. Like, so far. Like, you way. can't just, you can't buy an iPhone and a new MacBook Pro and connect them out of the store. You have to buy an $80, yeah. $80 yeah, dongle yeah. or, like, a new cord. That's the mind-blowing part to me. You can't connect your brand new Apple phone or your Apple headphones to the computer. You have to get a dongle. It doesn't come with one, does it? No, the dongles are expensive too. Like a a dongle to connect like a USB and like an HDMI to a new MacBook Pro is like $90. And you just spent $1600 like minimum to like get a new MacBook and yeah. you can't even use it with like everything. You can't even connect it to like a monitor. Pointless. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking putting all four. Doesn't it also have a headphone jack? Yeah, it I think has it, a headphone it jack. It has a regular three and a half millimeter headphone so jack. So if they're trying to switch from the mill like the headphone jack, why put it on your like new on. like flagship laptop instead of a lightning port? Which I, I, I just don't get it. They could have they could have easily swapped the headphone jack for a lightning port and that would have solved a dozen problems most of the problems but at the same time it's like you you even if they had a lightning port you still wouldn't be able to connect your iphone to it so Hmm. i I just don't get it and even if they had one you wouldn't be able to connect both your phone and your headphones to it they're all about the long run too. They're trying to switch like the whole industry standard to the USB C. Which I hear the USB C isn't terrible. It's like you know, the no, next it's not it's, it's like not a, terrible yeah, it's but progress. But nobody but nobody has it. Nothing's compatible with it because it's too new. Yeah, and but it's like I like why would you try to switch that? Like for everything. Like, I get putting it on your laptop, and, like, there's a lot of laptops out there that have a USB-C, but not ones that only use a USB-C. True. Apple could have very well left mostly everything, HDMI, um, regular USBs, in addition to adding a couple USB-Cs. And they got rid of the charger, too. Like, the the greatest freaking charger ever. The MagSafe charger is not a feature anymore it's just like a regular connection i i guess that seems that seems like a step backwards that's me. definitely a step backwards the magsafe charger is definitely one of the best features of any laptop I, I, a i'm really just not getting it there's no reason to just have four 
USB-Cs. And, like, it's cool how you can charge it from, like, any spot, I guess. Like, any any port you can charge your laptop from. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. But actually, no, wait. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that I remember. is true. It, it's any two you can do it from. Because there are two that you can't charge it from, but there are two that you can charge it from. Because every USB-C isn't the same. They all have different, like, transfer speeds and stuff like that. That's weird. Well, it's probably on opposite ends, though, which I guess is, like the point i don't know plus with that new like touch bar you lose the ability to like you lose all the function keys if you were to boot it into like how you can load like windows onto it right, i don't even think right. you can do that anymore on the new mac load like boot up windows yeah i'm pretty sure when i got mine it asked me right off the bat which one i wanted to boot up i'm pretty sure you can't do that anymore on the new ones on the new ones jeez there's always going to be cases where people want to do that and if they want to do that and can do it it's much better than having to find like another solution and the touch bar is cool and all how it changes depending on what app you're using but I don't then see it's it being then it's a whole useful, it's, though. it's a whole hassle to do something as simple as turning up the brightness yeah i i mean plus you're going to have to look down at the keyboard every single time you want to touch it too cuz it it like stuff moves on it i guess i i don't know i don't see why they would opt for just that rather than just put like a touch screen in or something this is definitely one where the cons outweigh the pros yeah it it has like less features for a much higher price yeah so. was, there's no reason that i can see to rush out and get one for the price for the features i don't think i'm ever gonna get one yeah so why don't you start from the beginning with this we're, okay, so story? Okay, so we're going to start with the Arabic debate now. Okay. All right. So it, this, Strap in. This is a good story, but it's a long one. About, I think it was the second or third week of school, my Arabic professor had, like, we all had to meet with her one-on-one -on -one and have meetings to discuss, like, our quiz grades and, like, what we how we thought the class was and, like, I don't know what we were expecting what we liked what we didn't like just typical, to get some like positive stuff. like like feedback yeah. to her so i was doing pretty well in the class and i was talking to her and i was telling her how much i like the class and she was like oh like well there's this arabic debate uh in boston it's at northeastern and you know i'd like you to go to it like would you be interested in going and i i didn't want to say no right away i was like oh yeah sure like i'll see what i'm doing that weekend like he also didn't want to say yes. I I was he really just didn't, didn't want to say want no to, go. to her face. I yeah, basically he, he, he knew the moment that she asked him that he definitely did not want to go. De definitely did not. Like 100% <laughs> was like this no. <laughs> so, pretty much forgot about it till a week ago. And she sends out an email and she's like, "Oh, well, uh anyone who would like to go in this class, please respond to this email." And I didn't respond to the email. Because I clearly did not want to go. And I was Dan, like, Dan here we go. Out of it this is the out. I don't respond to the email. She'll forget about me. And I won't have to go. But in the next class, she calls me out. And is like reading off the list of people who replied to her email. And then is like, oh, yeah, Dan, you're going too. And I was like, like I, I sadly just kind of agreed. Like, oh, uh yeah that's this weekend i didn't remember 
And then she um That was opportunity number two. That man. was opportunity number two. Had to get out. And I messed it up. I fucked it up. Uh, Cause I, I just can't say no. I don't know. I didn't want to say no to her face. Um so I was gonna cancel later that evening, but she needed someone to drive people there, which is even worse <laughs> because I was one of the only kids in the class with a car. So I was responsible for driving like four people to the event. But lucky me there was another person who volunteered to do that so i didn't have to drive the van and i wound up taking my own car in because i wanted to leave early so i sent her an email that i would not be there the whole time and i was probably going to leave early and she was all right with it but so that brings me to the debate so part two end scene one saturday morning i wake up at like six thirty, and i i'm already like late like i have to get dressed i have to be like at the parking lot by 7 15 was the time that everybody's leaving and i wound up not getting to the parking lot till probably 7 20 and i saw all the kids boarding like the van and i just walked right by and it's like another five minutes from the parking lot to the other parking lot where i parked my car and then i had to wait for like 10 minutes to get all the frost and crap off of my like windshield and like so early it was incredibly early it was really cold out there's a lot of frost so probably 8 40 i leave and i had to get gas and then put air in my tires and then or no so it was like 7 40 not 8 40 so i wound up getting there at the at probably 8 45 i think didn't it start at eight it's the the conference starts at eight and I walked in, and what my professor told me, all she told me that the debate was, was that it was a casual thing, just wear, like, a button-up, like, shirt and, like, khakis, and you'll be fine. But I got there, and everyone is in a suit and tie. And I was like, what is this? Why? <laughs> feels extremely underdressed, and I didn't prepare at all for this, because she told us not to prepare. So I was walking through... All the buildings and they all were it was like classrooms full of people in suit and tie it i was like i i feel so out of place and i was like i'm 45 minutes late it's super unprofessional like i don't know i feel really bad so i got, i turned around and i walked out of the building and i was just gonna tell my professor that oh like my car broke down on the way there and as i'm typing out the text message Ooh. i hear oh dan hey and i was like what and i see my arabic professor oh, no. right in front of me with the entire class behind her and turns out i got there earlier than them how that happened i do not know but this was oh my god i was so dan showed up less than unprepared completely underdressed 45 minutes late and he still showed up before the rest I of the class. I was still before everyone else, which I just did not understand. Eventually we just our our group goes in and we talk to one of the like guides that's going to bring us to where we are. Everyone's like, "Wow, like why is everybody so like dressed up? Like I didn't know this it was a serious of a thing." And it turns out that it wasn't just like a debate where we would be sitting and watching and wouldn't have to participate but it's actually a model un with just middle eastern cu- countries that everyone has been preparing for for weeks and we hadn't even looked at what we were debating or like what groups we were in 
we had just learned the country that we were representing. I'm pretty sure Dan could not point out Palestine on a map. I okay, I knew where it was, and I knew it was like close to Israel, but I did not. If you gave me a blank map, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, draw the border or something. So, me and my partner, and my partner knows less than I do about Israel or not Israel, Palestine. Yeah, Dan. Dan still doesn't know. I he's representing. It's still pretty tough, and I'm probably gonna offend people with my lack of knowledge. But <laughs> so we came in, and we were uh, environmental affairs for Palestine. A thrilling topic. Which is which is great, you know. Like I had some interest in it, but we walked in, and it was probably twenty five kids all in groups all in suits and ties like all have like notes like papers prepared they're like writing documents and i didn't realize that in like a united or like a model un there's like a very specific way you have to do everything everything is like super political and you have to there's like a, a method for everything and we had no idea what we were doing the entire time so me and my partner would just raise our card and vote on things randomly whether or not we wanted to do anything and we didn't realize that for i think they're moderated caucuses it's like if you agree with it and you want to say something you raise your card but we just kept raising our card and not saying anything but it's like implied that you want to say something when you vote for it so the the chair or whatever the leader was like getting so pissed at us and would just was not having anything and she was like calling us out and she's like you know like when you vote for this like it is implied that you're going to speak and was getting kind of aggravated and we were just doing nothing we i don't know me and my partner had no idea what we were doing and he didn't even have his laptop because he was asking our professor if he needed a laptop or a notebook she said no just bring yourself and your phone and you'll be fine but that was not true not at all. all but luckily i had my laptop and my like backpack in my car and i brought that because i was definitely just gonna I, even if it was a debate i was probably just gonna like sit there on my laptop doing nothing yeah of course. but Naturally. it turns out we actually had to do stuff so i got out a notebook and for probably an hour and a half me and my partner were just doodling and like doing nothing we wrote like a few words like we wrote palestine arabic and then like our names in arabic and then this is like middle school it's terrible we drew like a crude drawing of like an oil well because that was what we were discussing was oil and then we were like oil is sticky is like notes we were taking like oil spills are bad oh my god (laughs) and one of the girls in front of us came back during an unmoderated caucus it's like oh you guys are taking notes like let me see what you guys are writing and she looked at it and in the most condescending voice i have ever heard she was like oh how interesting and then she had an eye roll that could kill a man <laughs> which was it was the most uncomfortable situation i've ever been in and like people came up to us and were asking us like what are you doing here? Like, what have you ever been to one of these? We were like, no. Like, our teacher fucked us over. Like, sincerely fucked us over. She told us that we didn't have to prepare to this, and like, nothing ever had to be done. And I was, I was like, 
the guy was like, oh, no, you guys are, like, screwed. People have been preparing <laughs> for this for weeks. And what I didn't realize is that the school paid $45 per person for us to be in this debate. And we're just like, we have no idea what we're doing. And it feels like a waste of money. But it absolutely was a it, waste of money. It was totally a waste of money. But we broke for lunch eventually. And I just kind of bounced after that. I was talking to my partner. I was like, well, I have a car. Like, do you just want to leave? Uh, I don't, like, who, who sees what will happen? So we just left. And Palestine just bounce from environmental <laughs> affairs i am i'm kind of interested as to like what they would do like i want to see the reaction of them as they, they came they were, back in they were probably like thank god they probably were I, they were probably like oh god like palestine's gonna like be holding everything up and then like five minutes passed and they're like oh palestine's really not like coming and then they just Sweet. probably continued and were like wow fuck palestine like those kids are idiots anyways so absolutely whatever <laughs> oh my that was painful. That was one of the most painful experiences I've ever been through in my entire life. I thought it was pretty funny. And Dan hasn't talked to his teacher yet about what it actually was. Because does the teacher – did the teacher know? Did she figure it out when she showed up that, like, this <laughs> okay, wasn't at, what at she thought lunch, it was? At lunch, she said to us, wow, this is a lot more professional than I thought it was going to be. And I was like, well, no shit. But you don't have to do anything. <laughs> We're the ones who have to debate everything. So thank you for that, Mona. <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> Ugh. Well, you must have gotten one good thing out of it. One good thing? I can put yeah. it on my resume. <laughs> okay, yeah. The only thing Dan will have in his resume is... It's, my resume debate. is painfully bad. I was working with a class on campus... Just teaching a class for incoming freshmen, and part of the class focused on resume building and, you know, planning out your career and stuff like that. So as part of the class, I received a example of a bad resume and a good resume, and I, I've i already had my resume built out for, for a little while. There's some stuff I've applied for on campus that needs a resume, so I have one, and I add to it and edit it and all that stuff. And so I asked Dan to see his resume. See, I have a resume, and I've used my resume, and, and I, that's how I got my he got internship. You got an internship with this resume. Uh, yes. <laughs> so we, Which really surprises me. So I forget what got us on the topic, but we were talking about the resumes, and I, was, I think I was adding something to my resume, and then Dan saw me and just asked what was up. I told him about the resumes, and I asked to see his, and he showed me his, and I couldn't help but notice <laughs> how shockingly similar it looked to the bad resume example that it, I got from the career services office. It, it was exactly the same. It, it was the bad resume. It, it, it shocked me. Dan had never seen it before. It looked exactly like the it, bad one. It was – no, like, like almost like category-wise – how the name was laid out, like the font choice, like how they had everything like bold and italicized. That was exactly how I made my it resume. Awful. And it was like, if you just printed out my resume and put it on the back, no one would have even noticed. It was the same resume. And I was <laughs> like, really wow, was. awesome. Great. 
thought I was doing something here. <laughs> Meanwhile, mine looked exactly like the good side. Humble brag. Because I had looked at the good side as a template for my resume. See, that it is important for a college student to be developing. Well, I also made my resume three years ago, so... There was maybe That's not an excuse. maybe two or three things on the resume. It it was pretty bad. It wasn't I, like Dan had enough good experiences and jobs at fifteen years old to be like, I should start my resume. It, like, no. No, not at all. <laughs> there was nothing on it. It was pretty bad. It was it's still really bad. Because <laughs> yeah, really like Ian has his filled out like to the brim with like community service and like leadership opportunities and i'm like hey i do stuff with computers and i code and i had an internship for a while thank you (laughs) i'll be leaving (laughs) (laughs) dan will get an internship and the person will be like so i took a look at your your resume it's why did you even apply here (laughs) it's like i called you into my office just to say dude fix your fucking resume <laughs> like are you serious with this like, i will allow you to put this interview on your resume <laughs> it was Man. really bad so as a result of that whole discussion i ended up just sending dan my resume to pretty much watch him wipe it clean and take out my name and put in his name yeah just took much. out everything else we had nothing you know why would we but we had nothing that overlapped so he just cleared out the entire thing and just put his name but yep. now he has this debate to put on his resume. I I feel like if I had more time to prepare, it would have been actually kind of fun. But I really didn't, and I just kind of wound up sitting there because I had no idea what to do. Because there's, like, different ways to do everything. You can't just, like, raise your card and then speak. You have to ask to speak, and then you're timed when you speak, and there's a time limit, and people banging a mallet. And uh, it was... It's miserable. Pretty, pretty intimidating very stressful i i'll never see anyone in that entire debate ever in my life but i am painfully aware of how awkward that was and (laughs) i'm like i feel like really bad (laughs) definitely not something for a computer engineer nope why why she would think an awkward computer engineer would want to go to something that like a poli sci major would enjoy i don't she figured because Dan was good at Arabic that he'd be good at discussing environmental affairs relating Arabic-speaking countries. I don't see the cord, like, why she thought that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's on his resume now. Yep, that's that's the only good thing. Oh, this relates to the resume. We can talk about the Google interview questions. Oh, the Google interview the questions are pretty good, actually. Yeah. You want me to ask you a few? Sure. So the same night we were talking about resumes and looking at each other's resumes and stuff like that, Dan also asked me if I had ever read any of the Google interview questions, which I responded, no. I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. But apparently, Google, they're released by Google, correct? I'm, I'm fairly certain they're released by Google. So Google releases interview questions that they ask applicants during an interview. And these aren't like your typical interview questions. They're very much logic and critical thinking questions. And they're they're very interesting because they're like supposed to be like the tough interview questions. So it's not like 
how would you improve this? Like, what would you do with this? And then, like, asking you to find your knowledge. It's it's just, like, very weird stuff. Like, I don't even... Like, I'll, I'll read it's an like, example. Well, they don't have an answer. Oh, some of them only, don't have an answer, but a lot of them do. The, the purpose of most of them is just to see what, what your train of thought is. Yeah, to see, much. like, how you think. Like, it'd be like, how many golf balls can fit inside of a like red school bus or how many tennis balls fit in an airplane you know it's just random stuff like that they're vague questions and you're meant to ask questions you're meant to ask your own questions to find out more just to for them to see how how you think dan's gonna ask me a couple and we're gonna get a peek into my here's the one that i didn't ask you but it was it was what would you want to do if you didn't have to work how I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, if I didn't have to work, what would a, I want in to a, do? Put yourself in a job interview, though, and the person just asked you this. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> what would I do if I didn't have to work? Now, by not having to work, would I have enough money? Assu- yeah. Assuming, I was, right? I, I, you would never have to work again. You have too much money, and you don't have to work. I have too much money. I'd probably go to a lot of sporting events and play a lot of video games. Or I'd build, like, a sweet house. <laughs> That's definitely something I would do with, like, sweet house. a lot of money. Dude, if I, if I could, when Ooh, I'm able, it, like, if I have enough money to build my own house, I don't know. I want to build, like, an underground bomb shelter and, have, and, like, build a shed leading to it and, like, have this sick hatch underneath that I can, like, just, like, go to and, I don't know. I feel like yeah. that would be really cool. No, that's, that's definitely really weird. I mean, it is, but don't judge me. <laughs> Imagine showing guests to your house, like, "Oh yeah, this is this is a living room in the kitchen." Hey, do you guys want to see my bunker? It's in the it's in the it's in the backyard. Dude, tr- trust me. Tr- no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not gonna kill you, dude. Come on. Dude. <laughs> no, seriously. Dude, it's it's really just in the shed. It's it's in the shed, dude. <laughs> then the police show up. <laughs> hey, you never know. You can just like go into your bunker, though. You know. And do what? Yeah, but catching some heat, just. <laughs> Hop into the bunk. If you're too hot. <laughs> no, I'm talking You're saying if the cops were after you. Oh. <laughs> like, you're not going to fly in my fucking bunker, dude. I don't know. Park a lawnmower over it. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll show up at your house and they'll be like, oh, this is the guy that has that bunker. We should go check it. <laughs> That's probably what would happen. You never know. Build it covertly in your back and, like, the backwoods of your yard and then just like oh. sell the house and live there for free yeah know? a guy did that they yeah. tell you that story i think it was you a that guy, were telling me yeah i was telling like, dan oh, i think yeah, i think i read a story on reddit where somebody did just that they built an underground bunker on their property then they sold their house and continued to live on the underground bunker on their property that they sold for many years i think it's a very long time can probably be found. I've always wanted to build a treehouse when I get my future home. Yeah, I never had a treehouse. Yeah, me neither. I always thought they'd, they'd be really cool. I, I want to build one. One time I found a little platform in a tree, and I called that my treehouse, but it wasn't a real treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not even a little bit. I made, like, a house out of a tree once, which is interesting, but it looked like, a, like fucking what? Yoda's hut on Dagobah. <laughs> what? Dude, you know what that? What are you talking about? Okay. Hey, <laughs> this is going to sound really random, but 
you know that hurricane like snowstorm that we got a few years back sure and we just got like a stupid amount of snow sure yeah like we got like a few feet of snow well our our town lost power for like five days and we didn't have school oh geez so one of the trees in my yard died and like fell over and was just like sitting there so me and my two best friends we decided to just pick up some hatchets and we started chopping the tree and we made it into like a little hut with like leaves and like packed snow on top of it and it was pretty it was pretty sweet yeah like stranger things it would crawl in there basically and we were gonna sleep out there all right that's messed up and so we had sleeping bags out there we had like a tarp down and like it was pretty cool because we were gonna do that we got subway and we were like eating our subway right under the tree and it was really cool we had like a lantern there and then we're all sitting in a circle and a single spider just came down on its web and landed right in between us oh charlotte (laughs) and every single one we were all just silent because we all saw it and we just were like you want to sleep inside but like yeah when, when you say all do you mean like you and your imaginary friends yeah yeah basically yeah i figured and Dan has never stepped foot outside again. Yeah, no, I never. So, another Google interview question: How many haircuts do you think happen in America every year? Oh, every year? Yep. How often you get your haircut, Dan? Like uh, four times a year, maybe. Four times a year? I'd say like every two months. About every two, about six times a year. I'd say I get my haircut. I would say four times a year I get my haircut, once per season. But, really? Yeah, I let my hair grow out long. I get my haircut really short, and then I let it grow out long, and then I get it cut, you know, back down to short, and then let it grow out long. Yeah. I don't think I've gotten a haircut since since the summer. I mean, I I just got a haircut Halloween weekend. So. That's true. I think the one before that was when school started. So. Oh, there you go. That's about two months. Yeah. Yeah. So, how often the girls get their hair cut? Pretty frequently, right? I think it's more frequently than. Do, would you say once do. a month? A girl once gets a their hair month? cut. I wouldn't say get get their hair cut. Yeah, like by hair like cut. Styled? I don't know. What did the question ask? How, how many haircuts do you think happen in America every year? Every year? What's the population of America? 7 million? America? It's like 300 million. What did I say? 7 million. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, the world is 7 billion. Yeah. Alright, I was way off. Alright, 300 million, assuming 150, th- 150 million guys and 150 million girls. I would say I would say on average it's like five times a year for guys, because some guys do get their hair cut a lot and some guys don't get it cut for. And I'm I'm sure there's year. girls that get their hair cut a lot and then girls that don't get their hair yeah. cut at all. I would say, U.S. average, eight times a year, guys and girls combined. It's not too bad. Not too bad. So eight times three hundred million, two billion one hundred million. Yeah. All right. Final answer: two billion one hundred million. Well, the answer is I don't have the answer to that question. Did I get the job? No. Hire me, please. Ooh, our favorite. Ooh, here we go. Tell me a joke. (laughs) (laughs) 
my best joke right now. Your best joke. What's brown and sticky? A stick. <laughs> <laughs> that's my. That's probably my best joke. Did it ask for your best joke or what's what is a tell me a joke? Just tell me a joke. Tell me a joke. Hit me with another one. Uh, do you prefer earning or learning? Earning. <laughs> Straight to the punch. Oh wait, <laughs> like, what was uh? Let's be real here. What was that? Re- like, there was that one question where it was like. If you had a spaceship and a billion dollars, what would you do? <laughs> if I had a say, say it one more time. A spaceship and a billion dollars. How could you solve uh-huh. humankind's biggest crisis? Given one billion dollars in a spacecraft. I would definitely sell the spacecraft for another seven hundred million, <laughs> probably. That's probably how much a spacecraft costs. All right. Then I would put a giant dome around the earth that's not true <laughs> i'm gonna restart it's like the simpsons movie restart i would For sell this i would sell 1. the space seven billion okay so with a billion dollars in a spaceship i would sell the spaceship for another 700 million dollars or so then i would focus on um air pollution and probably make electric cars very cheap and very affordable and very like practical to use because there's like really great electric cars now but you see those stands that are around those aren't the electric car charging stations. yeah the charging stations those aren't too frequent i would definitely focus on manufacturing and selling electric cars and installing those stations all over the place that'd be pretty cool i mean that's that's a big problem right there is air pollution and you know, the, uh, what's it called? The ozone layer and all that. Mm. I think what I would do is probably just try to, like, pick out, like, I don't know. Just get a team of, like, the brightest, like, biologists and shit like that. And know how, like, you can do, like, the, like, gene editing now? What? Like, that's a... Have you heard about, like, the gene editing that they can do now? No, what do you mean? They can, like, change individual genes, like, in DNA. Yeah, I change my genes every day. (laughs) 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 It's not the joke section. (laughs) Joke of the day. (laughs) I don't know. I'd I'd probably just, like, get anyone who knows anything on that and just give them a shit ton of funding and be like, find the cure for death. Or like aging or something. You tell me you don't want to die. I'm just saying that we could probably make people live forever. We, the environment can't sustain that. Uh, that's what the spacecraft's for. Oh, what? <laughs> what? All right, like you peace, right. you peace while everyone like overpopulates Earth. No, no, no. Okay, so they're like we can stop aging, given this like genetic modification. We can stop aging. Ready? We can go I'm, on like I'm, interstellar voyages because you can just like live forever. Okay. And we would just have to hope it's a giant ass spacecraft that can support a population. That reminds me of that show Ascension that I watched. And it, I think it was a sci fi miniseries a couple years ago. And there are six hour long episodes. 
premise of the show is that NASA and the government found a habitable planet in the distance in another galaxy. And they built this spaceship to get to it, this enormous spaceship. But the thing is, the journey takes 100 years, so the first people that go on the ship that take off from Earth will not make it to the planet. It's up to the original astronaut's grandchildren to make it to the planet and claim it for... Basically claim it as property of Earth, I guess would be the way to yeah. say it. The show itself takes place during the 50th year, so halfway through the journey. Some of the original launchers are still on the ship. So these people, the originals, they're called, they were born on Earth, and then they were put on the ship and they've launched the ship, so they're in space right now. Then the middle generation is the generation that the show focuses on because they have the dilemma of not being born on Earth and also not being able to make it to the planet once they reach there. It's up to... It's pretty interesting. It's up to the middle generation's kids. They're going to be the ones that make it to the planet. And so the middle generation is really struggling with this like concept of hearing about Earth and hearing about this planet that they're going to, but never setting foot on either one and, you know, not knowing what it was like. Yeah. And so it's all up to uh, books and movies that they got from the time. There's no real development of culture. It's, pr- it's pretty interesting. There's some underlying themes you forget about because the ship took off in the 60s. So rather than focus on the moon... In the space race, NASA and the government focused on this new planet and sending people there to preserve the human race. So the people that are on the ship that when it first launched are from the 60s, and their children are the ones that the show focuses on. So there's a lot of... What's the word? A lot of stigmas and ways of thought in the 60s that are still relevant in the show because... Yeah the generations that were on the ship never progressed. Like, they never saw Martin Luther King or, like, the Civil Rights Movement or anything like that. So there's a lot of themes like that that keep coming back into play that you sometimes forget about. Halfway through the show, around the second or third episode, is when it got really good. There was a really big twist, and I'm definitely not going to say what it is, Mm. um, because you should definitely go watch it. There was a really big twist that just hooked me. And I watched the whole thing, I think, in a weekend. And it was... How many episodes? It was super good. It was only six episodes, each an hour long. So definitely doable in, you know, Friday and Saturday night. But it was really good. The the premise itself was just very interesting about, you know, the middle generation struggle to not set foot on a planet and live their entire life on a spaceship. But it was... Very cool. Very good. Definitely check it out if you haven't. If you haven't already. Me and Dan are both in the middle of a show that we started watching the other day. It was just Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. From I, the 90s. In, in the middle of is kind of... I, I watched the first episode. So so in the, so in I said me and Dan are in the middle of it. I finished the first season and Dan finished the first episode. Yeah. So... so he, he has a lot of catching up to. And there's only two seasons. I think I mentioned this briefly, but it came out in the 90s. But it's a super good show. It's on Netflix and it's on the IMDb top fifty TV shows of all time. 
Like, it's a really good show. It, it's really good. I mean, I was looking at it, and I, I had a good time watching yeah. the first episode. Everybody is so just, like, weird, kind of, that it's it, uh, it's very interesting. The whole, the whole premise of the show is that um, a woman gets murdered, and the FBI come to investigate, and they're all focusing on, you know, the townspeople, and they're solving this huge mystery. Yeah, and they, I don't know, everybody seems, like, just off in it. Every, like, like, basically, everyone's a suspect. And it's that kind of weird, weird mannerisms and characters that made me, anyway, made me keep watching it. Because you're just so intrigued as to why they're acting like this or why they do certain things because they're all acting so strangely. And, of course, you want to find out who killed the woman. The interesting thing is the first season is only eight episodes, but the second season, I think, is like, it's like 22-something, right? Yeah, I think it's, it's like 22 episodes. Crazy. Which is like very strange. I think it's it's one of those shows where they did the first season. It's kind of like a pilot season, and then the show took off, so they cranked out a bunch of episodes for the for the second season. But then they stopped after the second season. But yeah, but then they stopped after the second season. But it was still very good. But I heard there is also a like a reboot a reboot in the making with a lot of the same characters too, the huh. same same FBI agents and um, people of the town and stuff like that. So who knows how it's going to be. I think it's scheduled to come out in 2017. Mm. So I'm sure I'll be done with the original show by then. It'll be pretty interesting. Mm. Definitely. So I'm not sure if it's going to be the next podcast or it might be one a little way down the line. But me and Dan, a couple of our friends, we're going to do an Overwatch edition of the podcast like insanely popular video game that everyone and their mother is hooked on and being two computer engineers me and Dan are also hooked on Overwatch so I think we're going to bring on two of our friends and we're going to sit down for probably an hour maybe a little more just talk about Overwatch we'll be releasing it probably within a week of this one coming out I'd say it depends we can all organize our schedules and get it done and edit and everything and we'll probably also have another regular podcast in the meantime that we will release simultaneously, I'd say, with the Overwatch one, just in case. Probably. It should be a good time. Yeah. Alright, well, thanks for listening, and we'll be putting out another one shortly. Yep. Adios. Ciao.